Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. Julie, here's a, here's a question for you just to, to lead into today's episode. Do we live in a user-fits-all world? Sure, right? I mean, have you seen those universal symbols of men and women on bathroom doors? Oh, yeah. And we all just kind of look like that. Like, I constantly have a skirt on with my hands outstretched <laughs> and yours are always by your side with pants on yeah yeah you go to a you go to a restaurant certainly in the states you order your meal it comes on a giant plate right that's the amount of food that feeds the 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 average person and so you're supposed to eat it all right yeah everybody wants that giant plate of food actually i was uh, at a restaurant not too long ago and there was a british woman next to me and she started just talking about how terrible it is <laughs> in the United States, like the giant portions. And I had never really thought about it because I'm so used to that restaurant dining. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she's right. Yeah. They bring you out a bowl of something. And it's, it's, it should be in the middle of a table uh, with a family of four or five uh, uh, dining on it. But no, instead, it's your, your personal trough of food. Yeah. It's the United States one size fits all meal just mm-hmm. for you. And that's where it gets into this idea of of um, this kind of like, what is average? This question of, is there really an average? And this bell curve that we have all been introduced to in primary school, elementary school, and onward, tends to kind of rule 
our lives even after we've left school. Right. And we're going to look at we're going to look into this idea today. This this myth of average. Yeah, if you want to imagine uh, the bell curve here, uh, and certainly we're going to have varying degrees of familiarity with this, uh, but uh, it basically looks like a bell. It's a, it's a it's a it's a line, and then the line is going sort of flat, and then it curves up, and then it curves back down again. And the idea here is that uh, is that on a performance standpoint, as far as the, the statistics of performance, the idea is that you have a very small group. That is underperforming. That's at the very bottom, mm-hmm. and then you have a, a small group that is just really performing at a high level, and they're at the top. And then you have this larger group in the middle, and they—that is the the realm of the average. Yes, uh, bell curves are normal probability distributions, and that's what I think is interesting about this probability because we take this kind of distribution and we use them in real world scenarios which we'll talk about in a second but what you just just described is this idea that we have an equivalent number of people above and below average and that there's a very small number of people who are two standard deviations above and below the average so if you're thinking about that plotted out on that line that bell curve Mm -hmm. then those those outliers would be the people who are super high achievers and people who are at the very low ends of achievement yeah. So, like from a, from a corporate standpoint, uh, most of your company is going to be in the middle. That's uh-huh. where most of your money and resources are going, just because that's where the most people are. But that small percentage at the top, those are the ones that are that that there's there's really a lot of potential for. Those are the ones that are really bringing innovative ideas and high performance to the table. Mm-hmm. And then that the, the the bottom, the outlier outliers at the very bottom, uh, those are the ones that you're going to want to cut uh, and and regularly cut those. That's the slack that you want to get rid of to tighten up the rope. Yeah, indeed. And we use this, again, this is a just a probability distri- distribution in these real-world scenarios to decide how well children are learning, which dictates how and what they learn. We use it to assess workplace performance and dole out raises. And that's where it becomes sort of like, hmm, let's, let's look at this model a little bit closer because we have now reverse-engineered a budget based on the bell curve. Right. And... It could be that the bell curve is quite off. In fact, research conducted in 2011 and 2012 by Ernest O'Boyle Jr. and Herman Aguinas examined the performance of more than 630,000 people involved in four areas of human performance, academics, writing, uh, so writing papers, athletes at the professional and collegiate levels, politicians, and entertainers. And they found that performance... And 94% of these groups did not follow a normal distribution, did not follow the bell curve. Uh, rather, those groups fell into what is called a power law distribution. And according to a Forbes magazine article, The Myth of the Bell Curve, this power law distribution is also known as a long tail because it, we're looking at a picture of it right now. If you think about um, a rectangle, and one side of that rectangle being a sort of tail, that's more of the distribution, they say, that is in keeping with what is really going on, that's reflecting reality. And they say that most people fall below the mean, and roughly 10 to 15% of the population are above the average, and often far above the average. And a large population are slightly below average, 
in a small group are far below average. So they say that this idea of average is actually pretty meaningless when you think about what's happening in real time. Yeah, and I mean, it's even it's even worse than meaningless when you start uh, looking at the idea that that rather than describing how we perform and and really being a telling model of uh, of human behavior and human potential, the bell curve might actually be constraining our performance. That we're creating that we're taking the statistical model of human behavior and trying to shoehorn our actual behavior into it. Yeah, I mean, because think about a company or a classroom. And let's say that the the company classrooms, um, they're full of hyper performers. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say 19 out of the 20 kids, like they're performing at crazy rates. Okay, right. They are still going to be graded on the bell curve. Uh, Let's say that 19 of the 20 employees at a workplace are hyper performers. They're still going to their raises, their performance are still going to be doled out based on the bell curve because, again, that budget has been reverse engineered. So there's only a certain amount of money and percentages that are going to be distributed across that performance. So a lot of people lose out in those scenarios. Yeah, I mean, basically it's saying here is a model for what performance should look like. If you don't recognize that model in the group that you're judging, then you must be making a mistake. So even in that group of high performers uh, uh, at a company, you end up having to rate high, some high performers as average and and some average uh, performers as uh, as low performers, and you and that's just going to end up hurting morale yeah. and and driving away talented individuals. Yeah, which is not to say that the idea of universal design, which is basically what we're talking about here when we talk about a bell curve model, isn't helpful because it is, right? When you talk about universal design in the ways that our streets are laid out, right? Yeah. Or even um, like kitchen utensils that are made for any size hand, not just a giant hand or a small hand. Um, but it's not so great when you actually talk about the individual him or herself and you have companies, institutions, education um, trying to mandate a sort of universal paradigm to place over it. And so this brings us to a new idea, to a new movement, a kind of a revolutionary approach, and that is to to ban the average, to to throw the idea of the average out, to say, hey, this institutional model should not is false and should not dictate how we organize our lives and our industries and our educational system. Yeah, and the biggest proponent of this idea of this ban the average is Todd Rose, who's a faculty member at Harvard Graduate School of Education. He talked about how in 1952, the U.S. Air Force had a problem. They had really good pilots flying better planes, all this money that they had sunk into better planes, but they were getting uh, worse results, and they didn't know why. And finally, they figured out that it had to deal with the design of the cockpit, which was designed based on the average man. And they had an Air Force researcher by the name of Gilbert Daniels who conducted a study and found that none, absolutely zero, of the 4,000 pilots were average on all of the 10 dimensions of size that he measured on them. We're talking about height, shoulders, chest, waist, hips, legs, uh, their reach, right, mm. uh, torso, neck, and thighs. And he proved that there was no such thing as an average pilot, but that they have a jagged size profile. So no one is the same on every single dimension. And just because, let's say, you might be the average height, it doesn't mean that you're the average weight or you have the average torso length. And so... The Air Force took that information, Mm -hmm. and they decided to ban the average. 
and they refused to buy fighter jets where the cockpit was made for the average pilot. And instead, they wanted them to design to what they called the edges of dimensions of size. So saying basically, hey, we're going to have tall pilots, we're going to have short pilots. We need you to design with these extremes in mind instead of just saying, hey, this is the average person, one size fits all, which is not the kind of mandate that... uh, that, that anyone wants to hear in the manufacturing industry. It, because yeah. one size fits all is a good system if right. you are making, uh, a screwdriver, if you're making, uh, you know, uh, to your point, uh, you know, just some sort of IKEA part or, or, or standard furniture, uh, uh, product to go in your house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's the, the whole manufacturing business is based on that. But, here you have like this really expensive equipment. You want it to be interacted with in the correct way, and that all has to do with dimensions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have high performers who need to use a high performance aircraft, and you need to you need these two need to meet. It reminds me a lot of our um, relationship with computers, mm-hmm. uh, and not just computers, like even just like desk equipment in general, but everything everything that surrounds computing. The idea that that the computing experience should be made as human as possible so that humans can use the machine, can use the software, can use the chair and the table, everything involved in the office environment, that, that they should be able to use it without lowering themselves to the level of the machine. The the machine should meet the, the human user, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so here we see the same idea with, uh, with, with, uh, with institutions, with, uh, yeah. with, with design in general. Yeah, and that's what Todd Rose says. He says that just like size, each student, every single one of them has a jagged learning profile, meaning they have strengths, they're average at some things, and they have weaknesses. He says we all do. Even geniuses have weaknesses. And he says if you design those learning environments on average, odds are you've designed them for nobody. He says, so no wonder we have a problem. We've created learning environments that, because they are designed on average, cannot possibly do what we expected them to do, which is nurture individual potential. And he talks about how we are in a very unique situation right now technologically because we can serve the individual. We can serve the individual student in the way that they learn and follow those jagged profiles by giving them an iPad and giving them different programs to bolster learning in the areas that they're weak, or if they're the really, really high performers, then challenging them with supplementation also provided by technology. And he's spot on about this, I think, because uh, what he's saying is that schools... They they spend an enormous amount of money on iPads. I think he said that they're like the the second largest customer of um, or consumer of iPads in at least in the United States. So if you have the technology at your disposal, if you are spending the money, why not begin to work with the possibilities of what those programs can offer on an individual level? Because we had talked about in our um, podcast about Finland. And why they're turning out such incredibly well-rounded, smart kids mm-hmm. who only have one test, one mandatory test at the age of 16. It's because they're serving those kids at the individual level. And they're spending 40% less than the United States is on education per child to do that. You know, I can't help but think back to um, uh, The Wire uh, when we're talking about this, uh, mainly because uh, creator David Simon has often uh, stated that 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 in that show you essentially have a Greek tragedy, but instead of gods you have institutions because institutions are the gods of modern society. Mm-hmm. And so, in, uh, in in this topic, we we kind of have to ask the question: What kind of god suits 
uh, the denizen of the modern world better. One is the personal God that uh, is uh, is involved in your life and uh, and and wants to mold you, and the other is this abstract, distant God. Uh, and if, to reach that God, you have to change yourself. You have to jump through the hoops of uh, of religious ritual to possibly uh, interact with it. Oh my gosh! And as we always say, it goes back to the Platonic ideal yeah. and Plato, and this idea that we're all just you know these cheap copies of perfection. But you know, we've decided that we're cheap copies on the on the bell curve instead of yeah. <laughs> you know on on the jagged edge um, of dimensions. And this even relates to healthcare, if you think about and health insurance, uh, which sanctions treatments. And uh, the myth of average can really put people at a disadvantage here. Uh, Rose says that if you look at the area of cancer, you see an exponential increase in effective research and treatment when the individual with all of his or her genetic predispositions, diet and environment is considered as opposed to just, hey, here's this. Here's how we approach cancer mm-hmm. this, in this very universal way. And he said that's it's really only when you get down to that individual level that you're making progress and if you think about it, um, even in drug therapies, and this is from the case for personalized medicine, the third edition, it says many patients do not benefit from the first drug they are offered in treatment. For example, 38% of depression patients, 50% of arthritis patients, 40% of asthma patients, and 43% of diabetic patients will not respond to initial treatment. And we know initial treatment is something that is offered because based on the average that they have, <laughs> that is the thing that they think will work the best. Right. And it sounds good on paper, right? Treat the average patient and then adjust accordingly based on the feedback. Yeah, except as, as it seems, as mounting evidence would seem to, to show us, this average is indeed a myth. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, talk a little more about this topic and even read a few listener mails. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, we're back, and we're, of course, talking about the myth of average. We're talking about what happens when you have these have an institutional model of, uh, of human performance, and then you start trying to live your life and, and have the whole culture work around those models and the, and the, the growing uh, revelation that this average person, that everything is centered around, doesn't really exist yeah, and the thing too is that this system is just completely permeated culture, right? Yes, it's uh, it's systemic. It's there. It's there to stay. It would seem. So Todd Rose, one of one of the things that he really wants to do is to try to take this apart a bit and look more toward the individual talent method. And he has something called the Variability Project. And his idea is that you have this, uh, you know, this system in place for 150 years based on averages, trying to understand individuals. And you have to now take this information about the myth of average and try to rework it. And so he says there are three broad challenges, data, models, and the nature of science to address the science of the individual reaching its full potential in all different fields. So what he's doing may seem a little bit pie in the sky right now because it's, it's a, I say that only because again, it's very systemic. This, this, um, this, average idea and bell curve that's in place. So that's there's so many different fields that he has to try to get into and influence. That being said, he and his organization are starting to provide papers on the topic and really trying to educate people on why why this is sort of erroneous thinking and how you can get to students, to workers, um, to healthcare treatments in a much more effective way. You know, and just just to go back to Aguinas uh, for a second, one of the authors on that 2011-2012 study, um, he described uh, the bell curve as as possibly uh, being 
accurate in describing human performance in the presence of an external constraint, uh, such as an assembly line. Okay, mm-hmm. you have an assembly line. There are parts moving by, and you have skilled workers doing their bit to uh, to contribute to the uh, finished uh, air conditioning unit at the end of the line. Right, mm-hmm. uh, but you're going to have talented individuals on there who are not who who could work faster. Uh, if not held back by the pace of the line, by the the, the outside constraint uh, that is applied to them, by the institution. Yeah, and it's really the institution is key here, and it's interesting to think about this because you're thinking, oh, okay, well, this is this is about manufacturing, right? Mm-hmm. Could this possibly apply to sort of like the creme de la creme of higher education? Could Ivy Leagues be a kind of assembly line? Well, there's an excellent article on this uh, by David Brooks that published uh, uh, online in the Atlantic. Of course, it's the Atlantic, so it's it's really long, but very thorough breakdown of uh, of the state of higher education, especially as as it relates to Ivy Leagues. For instance, he argues that uh, that that right now we kind of have the convergence of of two models. There's the older model where to get into an Ivy League school you had to be somebody, a very uh, you know uh, class based model. Mm-hmm. You had to have the clout to get in, and then you have the newer model of to to get into a, a, a an Ivy League school to get into to be be a high achiever in society. You had to be an over achiever you had to just work and work and work you had to be you know, the right person yeah you had to be the right person as opposed to the uh, being from the right class so they end up in this environment where they're just uh, they're just performing at a high level all the time they're expected and expecting themselves to just knock it out of the park assignment after assignment uh, project after project mm-hmm. uh, just domino after domino right and uh, as, uh, as as Brooks says in the piece he says quote learning is supposed to be about falling down and getting up again until you do it right but in an academic culture that demands constant achievement failures seem so perilous that the best and brightest often spend their young years in terrariums of of excellence, uh, and this is what uh, author uh, William Dershowitz, who's a former uh, professor of English at Yale, uh, terms a violent aversion to risk. So you you can imagine where you where an institution like this would produce an individual that could go on to achieve great things within a similar institution. You know, the right kind of uh, uh, financial firm, etc., where there again are uh, are these dominoes to knock down one after the other, but. That kind of uh, individual, that kind of thinking that's been, in a sense, institutionalized by uh, the, the Ivy League system mm-hmm. is not going to perform well in other areas of society. Yeah, uh, Dershowitz, he, he has a book called Excellent Sheep, and he says that uh, the Ivy League is churning out students who are super people, alien species, I don't <laughs> think that one's fair, uh, and bionic hamsters. I, I mean, this this is rough stuff here. Um, but again, I, I think bionic hamster matches up with some people I've met that would fit that mold. Bionic hamster—it's kind of awesome in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to put that on my resume. I'm not. As long um, as they have a wheel, they're good to go. There you go. And he says, as you said, the system manufactures students who are smart and talented and driven, but they're also anxious, timid, and lost with little intellectual curiosity and stunted sense of purpose, trapped in a bubble of privilege, heading meekly in the same direction. Great at what they're doing, but no idea why they're doing it. And so I think it kind of goes back down to that whole individual versus universal level, because at the individual level, as Brooks has said, there is failure. You must fail. You must fail and get up and do it again in order to learn and find purpose. But at the universal level and at the university level, (laughs) there is 
only success. That is what the, the, the big push is, right? Just to succeed and not to individualize the content that you are, are taking in. So you could even say that it's just all about regurgitation as opposed to percolating on something, permeating your worldview and figuring it out for yourself. What does it matter to you as a person? Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So again, I, I can't help but come back to that uh, to David Simon's uh, bit about institutions as gods and this uh, this idea that we, we don't want that distant god that requires us to jump through hoops and jump through ritual. We we want this institutional god that uh, that sees us as an individual. 
Yeah, and I find actually a lot of comfort in this idea of the myth of the average because, you know, too often I think we we hear this statistic of you fall into this category and that category and we're so completely categorized and labeled that we don't necessarily follow the individual path for ourselves. And I think this is a very subconscious thing. In mm-hmm. fact, I think all of us, if you, if you thought to yourself for a moment, do I subconsciously seed myself to a kind of average out there or an idea of what is average? Um, I think all of us would probably say, yeah, there's a certain sort of standard that I hold myself to. And the, you know, I guess the idea is that that standard is built of myths, right? Right. So it's very interesting to look at it that way. And I even think about some of the science reporting that we do sometimes because, you know, we're creating these narratives and these stories about what's happening and how we move through the world and why we do what we do. But you can't even just take one study or, you know, one certain aspect of it and say that this is a universal truth. It's just sort of coloring the perception of of a greater narrative of what's going on. And I think sometimes it, it just... It's so easy for us to want to take that easy, simple structure, that bell curve, and apply it to our life and get that answer now. Indeed, indeed. Uh, there's a certain comfort in that, to be yeah. sure. I mean, who, have you ever met someone who said, I, I'd like to be a statistic? I would like to be representative of a statistic. I feel like I have heard people make that, uh, that plea uh, when it's beneficial to be a statistic. That is true. Yeah. That is true. But, you know, most of us don't want to be treated like a statistic, no. right? Yeah. Like I say, I think most people want that, that they don't want the impersonal institutional God. They want the personal one. And that ultimately is the, the model that makes the most sense in terms of meeting the individual, in terms of getting the most out of the individual, uh, you know, as far as performance goes, mm-hmm. and just how we work as human beings. Indeed. And especially when you look at it, these in larger constructs like education or healthcare or corporations, it really does begin to matter to, again, the individual. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I'm going to call over the robot here, and we're going to just do, gonna do uh, a couple of uh, quick listener mails. All right. This one comes to us from Peter Cron, who is a longtime listener of the show uh, and uh, runs the record label uh, King Deluxe. Uh, so he has some stuff here to add in about happiness. Uh, and I, I mentioned the record label stuff because it kind of plays into what he's talking about here. He says, I just listened to the happiness podcast, uh, the mathematics of happiness, uh, and couldn't stop thinking about this dichotomy between short term and long term happy. Uh, so now I thought I'd comment a bit. Uh, what you were saying about lowering expectations and yet shooting for the moon both make sense, but they're at odds with each other. I think you guys nailed it on the head with being realistic about things, although maybe there's two layers, one super, super ambitious layer of expectations and another base level. I think, though, they tie together. What long-term satisfaction uh, is often based upon with, for example, big art projects is peer review. You can try to create something truly grand, and in the back or front of your mind, expect people to wow over it the second it's released to the public. But then in execution, it gets watered down over and over until it barely resembles what one set out to make, or it just evolved. You no longer expect the same reaction. In fact, sometimes artists end up hating it at the point of release, in part because of overexposure, but also because they felt like they swung and missed. But then the reaction far surpasses the new expectations, and the artist starts feeling great about their work and build warm memories about the overall experience. In other words, it's complicated. 
<laughs> well, and it just reminded me of, of when we've talked about memory and the role of memory and taking that memory out and reframing that memory. And so when you talk about the long term, you are talking about long term memory in that sort of 2020 hindsight. So happiness becomes even more complicated in that sense. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, as we, as we, we really, you know, tried to drive home in that, that episode and uh, in other episodes where we've talked about happiness and, and finding, you know, some level of uh, equanimity in your life, it's, it's difficult because it's, our life is not one constant state. It's one state after the other. It's this uh, up and down. That's our t-shirt. Yeah. Happiness, period. It's difficult. <laughs> All right. This one comes to us from Brian. Brian writes in and says, hey, I just listened to your podcast over breakfast, as is my custom, uh, when I was thinking about adult lullabies and how we seem to prefer ones that feature morbidity. I was instantly reminded of the podcast Welcome to Night Vale, in which the silky voice Cecil soothly explains the bizarre and often horrifying news that occurs in the fictional town of Night Vale. While I myself don't listen to it while falling asleep for fear of missing anything in the story, I know that a great many of my friends do. They claim it helps them greatly. Anyway, if you're not familiar with Welcome to Night Vale, I highly suggest you check it out. I suspect Robert in particular would be fond of it. Keep up the great work. Uh, I love that because that analogy is perfect to lullabies because in Night Vale, they really, I mean, he, Cecil is talking about these horrific events, yeah. which again are told in this just lullaby hushing voice. And it really sort of ramps up the creepiness, but also, there you go. I mean, that's the same thing that lullabies are doing when we sing this into little infant's ears, right? Mm-hmm. About, you know, their, their cradle rocking over and them spilling out. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I have checked out Night Vale before. It is, it isn't a very interesting and unique, uh, podcast. Um, I, I haven't had the chance to really dive into it, but I had a solo drive, uh, several months back and I loaded up on podcasts. And I ended up spending a long period driving through the dark, through the the cold rain, and listening to like the first four episodes. And I was I was I was really impressed. It's one of those works that I feel like, oh man, I wish I had come up with that. I wish I could. Have, it's such yeah. a it's such a great concept and great execution. Yeah. So indeed, uh, you know, listen to us in the morning over breakfast uh, as Brian does, <laughs> and then at the night you know, at night maybe consider uh, listening to Night Vale. All right, so there you have it. Um, hey, you want to check out more episodes? You want to check out the that uh, the surgical wings thing we just mentioned here? Uh, head on over to stufftoblowyourmind.com. Uh, click on that podcast tab, and you'll find all the podcast episodes we've ever done, going back to the very beginning, all streaming there. Uh, many of the more recent ones also include uh, art and links out to uh, related content on our site and elsewhere. Uh, you can also find um, links out to our social media accounts there, as well as videos, as well as blog posts. And hey, be sure to check us out on YouTube where we are Mind Stuff Show. And on the topic of myth of averages, do you feel like any of that rings true to you in terms of the, you know, the classroom or at work or any other institution that you've been involved with? Um, is that kind of one of those things that once you become aware of, you begin to see your experience filtered through this kind of mythical average? Let us know your thoughts on that. And you can do that by sending us an email at blowthemind at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. 
Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.